Hey guys, it's Mandy. I hope that you're having a fabulous day and I'm going to continue the podcast, uh, which was my previous podcast, which is assessing the season that you're in. And so if you did not listen to the previous podcast, I'm going to encourage you to jump back there quickly because this is a continuation. And to quickly summarize, last podcast was teaching us how do we assess the season we're in and understanding that our season is not unique. Our season is, even though it is unique, sorry, it is unique, but it's not isolated from the season of history that we're in. So then how do we know the season of history we were in? So how do we interpret the times of history? And then Jesus actually gives a key, which I talk about, which is how to interpret the times, which will help you to interpret your own season. So you can go back to that and check that out. But right now, I want to talk to you about the season of history that we're in. How do we posture our hearts right now in the season 2021 in history? Actually, an interesting season because it hasn't been super easy for most people. And um, there's a lot of stuff that can feel overwhelming in the atmosphere and in history and in what's going on in the, in the world and in each of our countries. But there's a way that we can posture our heart and Jesus gives us wisdom on how to do that. And that is in Luke uh, 15, which I'm going to be working with you on today. Is it Luke 15? No, it's Luke 13. Okay, I'm going ahead of myself. Um, and it's all about something that Jesus went through in his season. It's kind of like what we're going through in our season. Jesus was, he had a mission, he had something God had asked him to do. Uh, but there was a lot coming against him. And so he needed to know how, to pos- how do I position my life when there's a lot coming against me and what I'm supposed to do. Now, Jesus' mission is, what was his mission? His mission was to die and then resurrect. That was his final mission. That was his ultimate goal. And so he set his heart to go to Jerusalem. He knew he needed to die in Jerusalem and be resurrected in Jerusalem. So he was going to Jerusalem. And a lot of his journey, if you track his journey, he goes to Jerusalem. He makes detours. He, he's very, it's very interesting to see how he positions his life. Because what he does is he heals the sick. He raises the dead. He stops at people's houses. He takes his time. He listens for the Father's voice. He doesn't just suddenly, you know, just take a, a, a jet and go to Jerusalem and say, okay, it's time, kill me. He understands, he understands how to hear the Father's voice and how to walk with the Father, in pace with the Father. Because the Father has many things for Jesus to do before the ultimate goal. And it is the same with our lives. We have to pace ourselves with the Father even when we know what our mission is, because a lot of times there are a lot of detours which are very healthy and important for the people around us and even for us. So I'm going to read this to you. Um, this is The Pharisees came to Jesus while he was actually um, teaching, healing the sick and doing all those great things. And they said this to Jesus. They said, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. Well, they probably just didn't want Jesus with them. <laughs> but nevertheless... How did Jesus respond to this thing that Herod was wanting to kill him? He says this, Jesus replied, go tell that fox, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must keep going today and tomorrow and the next day, for surely no prophet can die outside Jerusalem. So basically, Jesus said, I have a mission. My mission is to go to Jerusalem, to die there, and to resurrect. That's basically, if you read that again, he's basically saying that. 
And he's saying, because of that, I cannot stop moving. I'm going to keep going. And I want you to understand two things about that. Number one, Jesus has been going to Jerusalem from the beginning of his ministry, or maybe not from the beginning, but you, I'm actually, you, are, you can correct me. I'm sure many of you can correct me on this. You can study it and see. There's a time when he sets his heart for Jerusalem, but even there, he, he stops in different places. He, he works with people. His, even though he understands his mission, he understands the timing of God. So number one, guys, know the timing of God in your life. So know your mission, like know what is it God wants me to do now at least. Sometimes we don't understand what does he want me to do my whole life. But just for now, for this time, for this season, what does he want me to do now? What's the goal? And then pace yourself in that goal. Have the goal in front of you, but understand that in the process of getting to the goal, there's process. And that process is going to be important for everyone around you. It, it may be go to school, study, get a degree. And that's part of the process of getting to the goal. It may be, um, you know, get a job doing that. Or it may be go to that church or study that or whatever that is for you. It may not be a direct path. And so just understanding understanding the pace of the Father, walking with the Father, um, and understanding what He has. A lot of times in the church what we do as believers is we... We imagine the goal and then we, we shut out of life. We shut everything else out. We, we don't want to mix with people that don't believe the same things as we do. We don't want to uh, become an influencer um, in the world. We don't want any of those things because all we want is to get to the end goal. But Jesus was not like that. Jesus stopped. He realized that that was the ultimate goal. But the, the way to get to the goal was just, it was, well, it wasn't just as important as the goal. But it was, it was very much, very, very important to the heart of the Father and to Jesus. So understanding that a lot of what you do may not even look like your goal. But it is, if it's in the heart of the Father, you just do it. If it looks strange, but the Father's leading you to do it, just do it. You know, some of the greatest um, stories in history are people that they studied a different thing or they did something different or they positioned their way differently, but it was all for this ultimate goal. And so they were listening to the heart of the father. And in the end, the father, he, he pulled everything together. You know, I think of Rich, uh, Wilberforce. Uh, what was his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. William. William Wilberforce. Was it William Wilberforce? I think so. I don't know if I'm wrong, but it's the guy who was in England who, uh, he really was a lawyer that really helped to stop the slave trade in England. and But he was a pastor first, right? And he studied law. And it was like his heart was for people. Yet he studied and he wanted to be a pastor. Yet he studied law. And you can go and look at his story. But I may not have my facts 100% straight. But I think I'm pretty, pretty secure in what I'm saying. And literally God had called him to actually be someone who would fight for the justice for the slaves. But he... He, that was not in his brain. That wasn't in his process. So he, he studied something and God used it for the ultimate goal in that man's life. So just hear the voice of the Father is what I'm, what I'm saying to you. This is what Jesus was doing. He was hearing the voice of the Father on the way to his ultimate goal. Um, but one of the things that you have to understand is he says to Herod, he says, um, I will die in Jerusalem. No, he says that in his own way. You know, if you, if you know Jesus' heart, you know that he's saying, I'm going to die in Jerusalem. And he's basically, it's not really what he's saying to Herod that it's important. It's what he's saying to himself. 
It's what he believes. Because what he's saying right now is what he believes. So what's in Jesus' heart is, I'm not afraid to die. And I'm not afraid of Herod. And if Herod is going to try and kill me and stop me from doing what the Father has asked me to do, I'm not even going to worry about that. I'm just going to keep moving forward. So guys, the heart of what I'm trying to tell you is keep moving forward. It doesn't matter who or what is trying to push against you. You just keep moving forward in what God has called you to do. And so think of it this way. Herod was the superpower of the day. He apparently was after Jesus to kill him, according to the Pharisees. And Jesus' response was, that is not going to change anything. It is not going to make me flinch. So I'm going to encourage you guys, do not allow anything that's going on in the globe right now in history to make you flinch from what God has called you to do and what is in front of you. That's number one. The second point is this. He then says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often I've longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Look, your house is left to you desolate. I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So he literally shifts from speaking about Herod to speaking about Jerusalem and basically weeps. He weeps over Jerusalem. His heart is broken for Jerusalem. Jerusalem are the people that he's come to die for. Jerusalem are the people of God. And so his heart is not on the thing that the Pharisees' heart's on, that Herod's heart on. He understands my heart is for the people. My heart is for the people of God. And so just understanding that the heart posture that we have is often super different from the heart posture of everything around us. But just learning to keep the posture of our heart in the right place, like Jesus. Jesus' heart posture was for the people of God and for the people who didn't know God, for the cities, for, the, for everybody that didn't know him. His heart was weeping for them. And he was like, I am going to go there, to die there. And nothing is going to stop me from the call of God, not even the superpowers of the world. And so I encourage you guys, just keep that in your hearts. You don't have to fear anything. You can be fearless. Jesus said, I'm not afraid of death. I'm not afraid of death because I am not subject to death. And that is our true calling in life. We are not subject to death because we, like Jesus, live in the resurrection of God, which means eternal life is not something we get when we die. We are living eternally now. And this life of ours will only become greater when the body is removed. So just remembering death is not the thing that has to be the obstacle in our way. As soon as death becomes an obstacle to us, we give our lives over to everything else that we wouldn't normally give it over to because we try to preserve ourselves. Obviously, this is not easy. It's hard. But in Christ, he gives us the grace and he overcomes fear for us because we understand we have a good father. 
He's looking out for us.